So we are still trying to catch up after the craziness of New York Comic-Con. So I apologize for the lack of a new episode of the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Podcast of Stuff. We will have a new episode. I guarantee, well, I shouldn't guarantee you, but we should have a new episode next week with a really cool guest. Someone who hasn't been on the show, if all goes according to plan. So we'll find out tomorrow when I'm supposed to record it. So we don't have two weeks of no new episode. Uh, I thought I would pull the audio from our panel at New York Comic Con. So it was a fun panel. It was bright early. It wasn't that early. It was the first panel of the day on Thursday. And let me tell you, I don't know if we mentioned it on the other podcast, trying to get in Thursday. There are so many people you've probably heard the reports of like how the attendance was like at New York Comic Con. So just trying to get in was a nightmare. Luckily... We got in early. Um, Greg was going to try to make it, and he he couldn't make it. He he got there too late because there was just so many people lined up trying to get inside. So it was great. It was it was fun. It was exciting seeing so many people, but obviously problems like this. I think Jen just barely made it, and um, there's someone else. Well, there was another guest that was supposed to be there that didn't make it. I won't call this person out. This person felt really bad. Uh, but it was, it was just crazy. So, you know, first thing on Thursday, it, it was fun. Our first panel at New York Comic Con. So hopefully you enjoy and we'll have a regular show next time. So thanks for listening. So this is a very first panel of the very first day of New York Comic Con. So thank you guys for coming. Woo! Woo! Yes! Hey, comic books. So I'm Tony Garrod, Editor-in-Chief of Comic Vine. Here we have Brian Bucciolato. Howdy, howdy. Here we have Jen Abrahamian. Hi. Joshua Williamson. Hello. Who's that? Matt Alfin. Hey, guys. <laughs> you're, you're gonna You're going to um, put in applause later, right? Maybe. Yeah. And Josh Fialkov. Hey there. Thanks. Now's the time when you guys, guys applaud. Guys, that was overwhelming. I'm yeah. so touched. Woohoo, yes. I just Yay. want to say a word for everyone who. Uh, who here has applause. two hands? Anybody? Two hands. Yes. Like this. Right. Yes. So, how are you guys doing? You guys ready for this convention? No. Mm. No. No. Mm. We're good. No. Can we come yeah. back tomorrow? Because. Carboated at breakfast. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we start off with what, what is your strangest convention story? Usually start with you. I don't know if I have any strange convention you stories. You got strange convention stories. Mm, pass. You can't pass. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure Josh has. So, I did a show in Pasadena, <laughs> California. <laughs> did a show in Pasadena, California called the Pasadena Rockin' Comic Con. And uh, so the idea behind this show was that it was going to be both a concert festival and a comic convention. And I will give you a spoiler to this story. It was neither. 
Um, so the headlining band that was going to draw in the crowds was Flock of Seagulls. So now you might be thinking to yourself, like, oh, this must have been, like, like 1988, right? No, this was, like, 2013. So, like, it was, yeah, they're not much of I don't know that they were even a draw in the 80s, really. So uh, I was there with my uh, companion, Tony Fleece, who is an artist that I work with, and the two of us had a table together. And uh, we get there and we set up, and uh, there's like a huge line out the front door. So we're like, oh, this is going to be good. And like, it's a small room, and there's all these people, and there's not a lot of competition. And they open the doors, and all 500 people like race in, and we're like, oh, this is going to be great. And they all get into line in front of Stan Lee, where they pay $150 for his signature. And he bang, 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 goes through these people in like 25 minutes, just like bangs through them, and every person takes their autograph and leaves. <laughs> So we're sitting there, and there's probably like 12 people walking around. And uh, so we're sitting there, and we, we don't go anywhere. Like we're, we're Tony's, Tony's very much, he had taken commissions from one of the 12 people. And when I say one of the 12 people, I mean literally one guy. And so this one guy was so sort of impressed that he got a commission from Tony and so much attention from him that he ordered six more commissions. So we continued to sit there. And then the next day, I'm like, well, I'm not going. And he's like, well, we have to. We have a table. And I owe that guy all those commissions. So we go back on Sunday. This guy buys five more commissions. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. What are the commissions of? Come on. I don't want to bust this guy. I don't know. Should I bust this guy? <laughs> well, he collects pictures of mermaids. Yeah. <laughs> so each one is a different mermaid scenario. <laughs> he uses the word scenario to describe them. They're not sexual. They're but they really are. But they're very specific. They're like playing very, baseball. So it's no, like, not like playing I want, third base. I want the mermaid in front of a purple tree with red leaves uh, to celebrate Arbor Day. Was one of them. But how can a mermaid be in front of a tree? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did he do uh, like how, how did she total? celebrate Arbor Day? Like how does anyone celebrate Arbor Day? It's really the question. Did he do? Are you supposed to chop down trees? What? Are you supposed to chop the trees down so anyone can so. show up? Yeah, in their I think place. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're sitting there, and I start walking around, and I actually started counting people who were not exhibitors. And so for all of Sunday, I did like a tally. And for the, this eight-hour convention, uh, there was a grand total of seven people. Oh. Two hands. And right. there's a kicker. Uh, Flock of Seagulls did not play. <laughs> did they show up? They showed up, and they did not receive their money because there was no people. So there was no one to pay them. So they ran. So they ran. They ran so far away. <laughs> So that is my worst convention. That was the worst convention of my life. Well, I, say, I didn't say worst. I said strangest. But That's pretty strange. That's pretty strange. Yeah. The guy had a bunch of mermaid drawings. Yeah, yeah mermaid yeah. drawings. 11 mermaid drawings is kind of... Uh, it's thousands of them. He should have done 12 and had a calendar. got like a warehouse of mermaid drawings. That's interesting. All right, Matt. Oh. You're, uh, you're up here too. Um, so it was uh, San Diego this past summer. Um, Tony and I are, are, are at a bar. Oh, my God. Josh knows. Um, <laughs> this is my fault. This story is it's my not fault. Your, it's not your fault. I guess it is. You're the it catalyst for the whole story. I was the catalyst of this horrible experience that I had to go through. <laughs> Talking to mics. Oh. Matt had a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're sitting downstairs um, enjoying the evening, and uh, there are two women standing very close to me, um, and they were dressed up very nice. They, they weren't at San Diego Comic-Con. They were just kind of like, happened to be at this bar. Uh, and I see Josh walking towards me, and I was like, oh, Josh is coming, and I wave. And the woman next to me gives me like the dirtiest look I have 
ever seen in my life. Just this kind of like piercing stare into my soul. And I just looked at her and I go, oh, I was waving at a friend behind you. To which she flips out and says, no, you weren't. You were looking at me. I'm better than this. I'm a great girl. Like, and she's just going on and on about how, how beautiful she is and how wonderful she is and that uh, she's too good for me. And was she? Just, no, she was not very good looking at all. Okay. Okay. No. That was really weird because I walked up like kind of the inner part of that. And she was still going yeah. on and I didn't like, know what was happening. She was just talking like, to me, and I just don't, I have no idea what you're saying because I'm trying not to giggle at like the woman just destroy trying ver, trying to verbally destroy me. Yeah, and people really that giggling. know Matt Matt giggles a lot. Oh, a lot. Like that's my thing. <laughs> I really like giggling. They call him the giggler. No one calls me that. Well, now, you, you do. Now they do. They will. Yeah. will. Everyone, Matt's new nickname is Giggler. Don't Pass ever on. call me that. The giggler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it. That's, that's yeah. It's not a really good story, but I like it. I have a creepy story. All right, we got time. Well, of course, there's creepy stories at Comic-Cons, right? Uh, so I had this booth in San Diego in the small press section back. This was in 2003. And so it was my first year like having a booth. And so we had all this stuff. We had our comics and T-shirts and, and junk we were selling. And um, there was a friend of ours who was working at the booth with us. And she was this like, shorter, like, attractive woman. And she basically was like selling this stuff. It's part of the story. I'm telling you, this is part of the story. And so, you know, we we're going around, and she was doing the whole, like, you know, you should buy this comic. Look at this. Look at this. And this guy comes up to her. And here, give me your hand. He comes up, and he's, like, starts shaking her hand. And he says, oh, my God, you were so beautiful. But, now this is where things take a turn. He goes, but you're just too tall. I really wish I could just cut your legs off at the knees. Talking to the mic. Attach the bottom of your feet, and you would be so perfect for me. And I'm watching this whole thing, and he's just like this, and she's just like, and he's like, no. And there's like this whole little battle of this going on, and I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. He's like, no. I was like, put it on. He's like, no, man. I just want to cut her knees off. And I was like, all right, we're done here. And then he walked off to the crowd, never be seen again. Wow. Yeah, that's my story. Do you remember the Arizona? We did that Arizona con, where we were on a writer's panel with Joe Casey. Remember that? He, said, he had like, shades on. He, yeah. Well, yeah. That would be a that would be an assumption. <laughs> Joe Casey. So Joe Casey. Uh, Joe Casey's super cool. I don't know if everyone knows that. Like he's really cool. And I don't mean like, oh man, Joe Casey's cool. Like that's his thing. Is that he's cool. Right. And uh, indoor shades. Cool. Indoor he shades. never takes his sunglasses off. And so we're we're on this writers panel, and it was like so it was a bunch of us right when the new Fifty Two started. So it was like me and Booch and Kyle Higgins and uh, J T. Kroll and. Sterling Gates right. and then Joe Casey so it's like all of, all of us who are sort of like getting our big mainstream comics break and then Joe Casey who's been doing it for like 20 years who created Ben 10 is super rich and doesn't give a shit yeah. because he can do whatever he wants and uh, so someone in the audience uh, you get this question all the time so someone in the audience goes uh, uh, so when, when you get to work at Marvel in DC like how much do they teach you like do they do they try to make you a better writer and each of us like try to kind of diplomatically say like no no like they pick you when you're ready like it's when it's your when you're competent enough to write for them when they feel you're competent enough to write for them they will hire you and it's a job and we all sort of him and haw like our way through trying to say that and Joe Casey who's texting so he's doing this the whole time with his sunglasses on so we all go through our thing and then Joe just suddenly goes Marvel and DC are not trying to make you a better writer 
They're trying to make you a better employee. And then goes back to texting. <laughs> and like the entire row of writers, as we're all having just a nightmare of a time dealing with DC editorial, everybody on the panel all goes, oh, because we all realize like, oh shit, that is what they're doing. Oh my God. Like joke, like I, in my head, I remember that. Like, no, I remember. Crystal clarity that it was the like, the moment of like, oh man, that is what they're doing to us. That was a good one. Moment of wisdom. I think the strange, I have a strange one. The strange, uh, Kyle Higgins, a good friend of mine, uh, convinced me to go to a <laughs> comic convention in Virginia. And uh, so the thing was that uh, they were going to fly us out there, and it was a couple days, and then there was like this guy who owned a store, supposedly in Washington, D.C., um, and then we were going to go with that guy and do a signing there. Well, the convention had about as many people in it as there are in this room. And uh, uh, Ethan Van Syver was there, and there, there was quite a number of people there. And uh, uh, so the second day of the con, it was, there was a Saturday-Sunday convention, and it should have been a no-day convention. So like, there was nobody there. There was literally four or five people who uh, were there as fans, and the rest were angry people who paid to have their booths uh, to set up an exhibit. So uh, Ethan and Kyle and a bunch of us got, uh, got uh, Nerf guns. And uh, so we were shooting at each other. And there was a very, very angry dude who, I don't know, who he, I don't know what he works on. He seemed like uh, he was really proud of himself. Um, he looked like an evil wizard um, with like a long beard. Uh, he almost got into a fist fight with Ethan over the, uh, over the playing of the... Nerf guns, and uh, so we quickly left, and uh, we took, then Kyle and I took our little uh, trip with this guy who's this big comic book fan, and drove us to, like, Maryland. It wasn't D.C., like, it was, like, this total backwoodsy kind of place where we thought we were going to get lynched, and uh, it turns out he didn't really invite anybody to his, like, he didn't advertise his comic shop, so we're there for, like, overnight and, like, so, like, a day and a half, to hang out with him and like his four employees. And it was the worst experience of our lives. Like it, like, it was terrible. Well, that happened to Mark Wade, right? Did it? I don't know. Yeah, that happened to Mark Wade, right? Mark, yeah, Mark um, tell that story. Mark got rec recruited to go to this convention. And I think this was in the pre-internet age. It was otherwise, a store signing. Yeah, it was like a store signing. And you know, so he told them like, you know, this is what you gotta pay and you gotta tra you can get money travel and all that stuff and they were happy to do it. And uh, so he gets there, and like, uh, there's a guy with a station wagon waiting for him, and he like loads his stuff in the back of the car, and they get in the car, and the guy's driving, and he's, I guess, and Mark's like, so, so where's the store? And uh, the guy goes, uh, I have a confession. <laughs> Mark sort of, you know, girds himself, and the guy says, uh, I don't, I don't have a store. Me and, me and my buddies just put our money together because we wanted to hang out with you for a weekend. And like to Mark's credit, because I would literally jump out of the car, like I would just <laughs> barrel roll, and I would hope for the best. Uh, Mark went along, and he, I think he, like they, I don't know that they got him a hotel room. I think they were planning on having him like sleep in their guest room, and I believe he like forced them to get him a hotel room, and then like went home. But he like hung out with them. And spent he time. yelled at them still though. Yeah, he yelled at them for yeah, being he yelled super at them creepy. A lot, but he's that is amazing. Yeah, he still had dinner with them, but he yelled at them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's but crazy. that's just hanging out with Mark. That's just what yeah. Mark is like. It's like hanging out with you. Yeah. 
Sounds like a <clears throat> a story that could be a nail biter, with like a dark twist at the end. Yeah, should do it. Well, we have Bendis in number seven. I think that's enough. Yeah, sorry, are you guys Josh, reading Nail Biter? Josh just got a plug in. Look at that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first Bendis one. This is in number seven. Nice work. Yeah. So, so, what else do you write? So, you got Nail Biter. What else? Oh, we're doing that now. Sure, you can, um, sure we do it now. So, I write uh, Nail Biter and Ghosted, and the, a new book that just came out yesterday called Birthright for Image. And then I write Robocop for Boom, Captain Midnight for Dark Horse, Predator for Dark Horse, and then some other stuff that hasn't been announced. Too much work. I don't sleep much. Guess not. You could ask my girlfriend who's in the audience. She's I'm locked in my office all the time. <laughs> Does he sleep much? <laughs> it's true. You're not a liar. No, I'm trying to cut down to just four books a month, though. I think that's the max. I can't imagine people who do, like, You're more not following, like, the Charles Soule method? No. Well, I was, I was talking to about this last night. There was a time that I was going to have 11 comic books come out in December, but then uh, something got pushed back. It was, like, a five-week thing got pushed back to the spring. But so there was a moment, yeah, the 11 books in December, and over the summer I was doing all that at once. Like August and July and August were really rough. So you only have 10 now? No, I don't know how many it is in December now. I think it's six, though. I think it's six. Yeah, like this month is six. All right, Brian, why don't you tell them what you do? What I do? What you do. Um, professionally? Okay. Um, you know, writer, uh, sometimes colorist. Uh, working with Francis on Detective Comics right now. Uh, 37 will be back with our second arc. Um, Does anything, the solicits are up for that, right? Or um, are they? Maybe not. You're the comic geek, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't talk about it. Jerk. Um, and then what else? Uh, I'm working on a, a creator-owned project. Uh, over the summer, I did a Kickstarter um, for a short film and a comic book to go with it. And uh, it was successful, and uh, we shot the uh, short over the summer, and the comic book is currently being worked on. And uh, there will be an announcement in January that uh, the book will be uh, published. I can't say uh, with whom or, or make an official announcement, but uh, I will have an ongoing uh, creator-owned series called Sons of the Devil uh, coming out next year. Cool. Yeah. Josh? Who's drawing that? Josh won. Oh, it's, uh, the illustrator is a fellow from Madrid that I found online. His he's name good. is Tony Infante, and he's really awesome. Nice. You guys saw a picture of that. You gotta, do you have him locked in? for like? Uh, he's going to do at least five issues. you got to lock him in. He's going to yeah. get snatched up. Yeah. Uh, what am I doing? So I'm writing The Bunker with uh, art by Joe Infernari for Oni Press. The first trade came out a couple weeks ago, and our second arc is off and running. Um, I'm working on a book called The Life After, also at Oni, with uh, the artist is Gabo or Gabriel Batista. And our fourth issue comes out next week. I'm writing a book called Punks, uh, which just premiered and I believe sold out uh, from Image Comics nice. um, with Cody Chamberlain, and I have copies of that downstairs. I'm writing, uh, I have another creator-owned series called King that's going to come out next year that we'll, we'll learn more about then. It looks amazing. Um, writing... What's, what's, the, uh, what's the one sentence pitch for King? I don't know if I can tell you yet. Does it involve Elvis? It's um, it looks all really cool. the. I guess I, can talk. I don't really care. Um, yeah, I do own it. Don't tell anybody what he tells you. Right it's, now. Uh, every apocalypse from science fiction has happened simultaneously. So, like, a mad scientist has blown up the sun right after Cthulhu rose, and the uh, Asgardian gods right after Ragnarok. So the Asgardian gods have fallen, and like all those things are all happening. You know, the Anamen have taken over. Like it's it's like everything that had ever happened has happened. 
Um, and King uh, is the last man on Earth, and he really just wants to go to work. Like, he's got to get across Los Angeles to show up at work so that he doesn't get fired for being late. Yeah, um, it's kind of like, like grown-up Kazar. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like if you cross if you cross Commandy with the office Commandy, is, 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 is the pitch. So it's like a workplace comedy about the last man on earth after every apocalypse possible has happened. Yeah. Um, it's rad. It's with uh, Marcos Mars and Marcello Maiolo um, drawing it. Yeah, it looks amazing. What else am I doing? I'm doing Spider-Man Who Am I from Marvel. Is that um, still going on? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anymore. There's the Devlers. I'm doing the Devlers for Dynamite. Right. Um, I'm writing the TV pilot for The Bunker. It's what? A secret. You're not supposed to talk about that either. Um, what is The Bunker? Like that. Like, you have so much stuff that you work on at a time, you kind of forget what you're working on. Yeah, I don't even... I, I work on, like, what's in front of me every yeah. day. If I, if I look at... Like, I'll occasionally... I'll do my schedule, like, once a month. I go through and sort of, like, fix my schedule, and I want to kill myself every day. Yep. Because it's just like, well, that's impossible. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I make a monthly to-do list. At the beginning of every month, I sit down with a little notepad, and I say, like, these are all the things that have to be done this month, and then it's, like, super depressing. Well, I started calendaring everything, so it's all just on a calendar, so I just mm-hmm. see, like, every Monday, I get my, like, calendar notifications for what's due by the end of the week, and then I laugh. Yeah, when, on August 1st, I made the to-do list for just August, and then I, went, I left my office, went downstairs, and then just kissed my girlfriend goodbye, and was like, I'll see you in, like, six weeks. Then went back out to my office, and then got back to work. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. And sometimes the coolest fine, stuff you work nice on, you can't thing, talk both about. Both of us, both of us, and Brian, sort of. Brian's like half and half. Brian's a pretender. But both Josh and I are like predominantly focused on creator owned. So I'm done. I'm doing. I have like one work for hire project I finished a yeah. few months ago that just hasn't been announced yet. But like I'm doing everything I'm doing is creator owned. It's all stuff that's mine. Yeah, it's like and running a small it business. It's so much better. Oh, it feels yeah. so good. No, by the end of the year I'll be done with everything and just be doing creator owned. Yeah. What about you, Brian? What's your problem? Uh, my problem is I have a 14-year-old son who needs to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I enjoy working for... I mean, I don't have... I don't have, like, terrible horror stories of working as a, you know, a DC employee. But, uh, you know, I enjoy... I'm working on Batman. How can I, you know... Yeah. How can I be sad? I get to work on Batman. You know, he's he's Batman. Yeah, there was a moment uh, could, two it years could be, ago. It could be uh, Azrael. That would make you sad. <laughs> that would make me sad. Oh, Azrael would be cool. Uh, which, don't, which don't, Azrael? Ba- don't bash John Paul. Come on. All of them. Hey, Jen, you never told us your weird convention story. Oh, um, I mean, one time I got Matt to wear a dress, so, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wore a dress. Why yeah. are you wearing a dress? So. Was for fun? Yeah, you know. Or for so a video. But more there's for a picture fun. of this, right? Is there is a picture online? of this. There's an so, animated um, GIF also. Animated there, yeah, GIF there's an animated uh, GIF, GIF of, uh, of Matt posing. In what are you two doing? It's GIF. A kiss. Come on. It's but, GIF. The guy who created the file format uh, calls it GIF. Sometimes he's the only one. No, he's not the only one. Software engineers yeah. call it GIF. People so, who don't see the light of day call it okay. GIF. So, uh, <laughs> Jen, pick your, pick your microphone up. It's, oh. not, it's not pointing at your mouth. Tell the microphone eyes up. <laughs> no, so, okay, for the record, it is GIF, and so way back in the day, when, um, when programmers were, like, getting used to the format, there was the joke where, like, they actually made it a play on the peanut butter commercial, so it was choosy programmers choose GIF, like, as their file format, so... Because it's color accurate. Right? Yeah, and also you can animate them. Yeah. In so. case you didn't know, that's what she does for a living. Yeah. But the thing is, the rest of the world calls it a GIF. And what's okay. going to happen? The guy's going to be in his deathbed, and he's going to be like, it's really GIF, and I... Made oh, you guys all change it. <laughs> I tricked all of you. Yeah. 
and then it's going to be all over again. It's GIF, come on. Nope. Yeah. It's GIF. It's I think GIF wins. Oh Going back to Matt's dress. It oh was yeah, a so, uh, so a couple years at San Diego, ago at San Diego, we did a booth tour of Her Universe, um, which is a super, super awesome line of geeky women's clothing. And uh, I really just wanted to try on their brand new Darth Vader dress, but I didn't have an excuse for it that was like really that good besides I want to try on a dress. So I decided, why don't we make Matt try on a dress? And then it becomes a thing. So, uh, you know, thankfully he complied and it was amazing and uh, that GIF exists out there. What uh, dress did you wear? It was, it was a Darth Vader dress. It was we, did, we did a, like an Us Weekly style who oh. wore it better. I think I saw the GIF, yeah. But, but the, the thing is, Matt, Matt kept his, his cargo shorts on. Yeah, because like it was so short on me. Like, I don't know how women wear That's skirts, what women have like, to do. I, Welcome I to their world. Everywhere down there. You just don't have the legs for it, Matt. No, That's not at all. <laughs> you just don't bend over. You... But what if I drop something? i got to pick it you, up. You, That's you, good advice in a lot of places. For, Matt. Yeah. Don't bend over. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're missing the point, Matt. My my weird story, I, I guess, it would be uh, the, uh, Mike Tyson. That was really about you had to ask John so that you could get back to you. No, no, I mean, this is. I, I mean, I, I can skip You're out. You're the moderator, Tony. Right, Show right. some decor. Right, you know, I'm not going to tell you now. Right. Is it was a comedy cab? No, yeah, I forgot about comedy cab. Did you get? I could never forget comedy cab. Never. Wait, what? What happened with comedy? Cab? Yeah, what's comedy cab? Comedy cab. Okay. <clears throat> comedy cab is an idea that anyone can take because I don't think the guys ever used it. It was at C2E2, Matt and I were going to this cab, and this guy was talking to us, and he's like, he's like, oh, what is this, a comic convention? He's like, there's all these people here. He's like, there's a lot. He's like, I have a flyer. He's like, I should bring flyers. I should come back. He's like, I got this thing I want to do. It's, it's called Comedy Cab, but it's with a K. But I don't know if the K was on the comedy or if the K was on the, the cab. It was wrong I, either way. Because I tried looking it up. I couldn't <laughs> find it. And, and he's, he's like, yeah, my, my friend did his intro for it. It's like, it's like, oh, like computer animated. There's, there's this like, little baby doll attached to the front end of a, of a taxi just driving down the road and I don't I don't, I don't remember what, what the whole point if it was the, supposed to be jokes was, in a cab. I wanted to do stand up I, I sadly opened my mouth that I did stand up when I was talking to him and he's, and he's like oh yeah I do comedy cab I do stand up in the cab people laugh they love it they think I'm hilarious the guy was not hilarious so he has, he has a captive audience is that what we're going yeah, with that? Like, you know, he has one, a captive audience <laughs> Uh, I got uh, yes. with a K. But didn't he mention something about like the baby doll head melting like during the <laughs> intro? Like it was really creepy, like murdery. Like he's and and he's, he's he's like he's on, uh, put stuff on YouTube, and there is nothing on YouTube unless it there was, was a, there was a weird intro at one point. Maybe it's crazy with a K at the end. I don't know. So it's actually crazy. I, I tried yeah. looking, but so yeah. Yeah, yeah, guys, check it out. 2015. I don't know. All right, uh, just some, some recent things. I'm, I'm curious what, what you guys think about the James Bond coming to comics at Dynamite. I love James Bond. So how do you think that would work as a comic? Uh, with good writers. No, I'm, just wondering. I, I'm actually, I would like to see them adapt, adapt you know, the material instead of doing new adventures. Yeah. What should they start with? I would with? like the cross-gen series Kiss Kiss Bang Bang to come back. Has everyone read that? Yeah, Nobody awesome. read that. It's amazing. So it, the premise of it is, uh, so you know how there's all these different actors who play uh, James Bond and they just ignore the fact that it's like a different dude? So what it is is that in the world of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, all of those guys are in fact different guys. So the, the title is like passed on. And the story is about the first new one and the first time the new, the new quote unquote James Bond is uh, a Jane Bond. 
Um, and so it's this spy story about like all of the like misogyny and the like all the things that are like the hallmarks of that spy character being passed on to a woman and how like they don't expect her to be able to cope with it essentially. And it's uh, Tony Tony Bedard who's done a bunch of stuff for he wrote Exiles at Marvel and then he did a bunch of stuff at DC. But it is like it was right when CrossGen was shitting the bed. Um, and he did that, and then there was El Cazador was a yeah. was what was that Chuck the Chuck Chuck Dixon yeah. I think, but like these two books you're like why weren't you publishing that the whole time these things are amazing yeah that was and Abadazad too the the Mark Mark yeah. Marius and um what's yeah. his name book why Disney bought CrossGen because they wanted that yeah so so is the idea that James Bond is a title that's not his real well, name yeah like his, like the like Dread Pirate Roberts like yeah. 007 yeah, is not exactly. him it's because because we were we, I think but we it's talked not about actually that. James Bond it's like an, an it's yeah a, I think we talked about that last week because I thought it was weird is you know so here's a super spy when he goes out he's always like Bond James Bond it's like he's telling everyone his name yeah and then he's so that it's like badass but but then they're gonna put like the, the the flyer behind the counter like if some guy asks for Martini and says his name's James Bond he's a spy shoot him yeah but maybe like I think Butch is right like maybe he's it's like the good. Dread Pirate Roberts like you use that name to instill fear in people but but most of the time he's undercover. But he's but not, not in the spy like, community. I, I'm an oil businessman. My name is James Bond. Well, James Bond is his real name, right? Because that was I don't the know. thing. In, I think it was, was Bond. The last James movie Bond. they had his yes. parents' graves. So yeah, they, it, yeah. The last movie he went back to his house. Remember, he had the Home Alone thing where he was like yeah. defending at his house, <laughs> and that was his house. <laughs> Daniel Stern is there, and Joe. And Joe Dude, I remember watching that movie, and you know, my friend and I are sitting in the theater, and like right when that got that got to the part where they were building the traps, we both were all, Home Alone. Like they whispered <laughs> each other, like right in the middle of it. So ridiculous. James Bond lost in New York. <laughs> I'd watch that. It's fine. Who's you, writing that? Who's who's doing that? It's Dynamite's doing. They the they haven't announced it. anything. There's there's no creative teams. Is that, that one of your eleven books? No, no. Um, but I'm just curious. I think it's funny when people make announcements, but they don't like. We're doing this thing. We Maybe it's they they don't know it. yet. It's like so now it's like who wants to do it? Hey Josh, you're working at Dynamite. Maybe. Would you do uh, James Bond? I guess I don't know. I don't actually. I don't. Uh, I don't love James Bond. I it's, like Sean Connery. Like, that, that's the other thing. It's like, are, are they going to get their Connery, likeness? I, have, I don't really have any connection. So you don't Dynamite, like Daniel Craig? Well, yeah, Dynamite got the rights to Sean Connery. You'd write yeah. The Adventures of Sean Connery. If they got Zardoz, I would do the Zardoz <laughs> book. So basically, you just want to write chest hair. I would yeah. write this. I would write if they did a Highlander book that was only about his character, who is supposed to be Spanish and Egyptian, <laughs> and yet speaks with a thick Scottish accent, despite the fact that the Scottish main character speaks with a French accent for no apparent reason. <laughs> I would write about him. I like that guy. So can you explain to me, okay, Highlander and Highlander 2, was there like aliens and like or space? Or well, it's that they're not human, they're not, uh, yeah. they're, they're alien creatures essentially. Yeah. Like the immortals, uh, the princes of the universe, as they were known from the Queen song, yeah. um, are in fact aliens of some kind. Um, the second one is terrible. Yeah, they just, it destroyed mm -hmm. everything. That TV show, though, fantastic. I think it's yeah. great. You have to kind of ignore the sequel, I think. Because I, I saw, they did. yeah, like they went around it. So yeah. they I saw the like, sequel first. I'm like, what's going on? And I saw the first one. I was like, this doesn't make sense. That guy, the guy who made the first one, it's like he. That movie's amazing. Like it's it is. genuinely awesome. And there's I've a shot. There's like a. There's like a. Uh, it's essentially like they used a drone. They used like a radio control airplane to do this crazy shot around uh, Madison Square Gardens that opens the movie. That's insane. Like it's. I don't know how they thought of it. I don't know. Like it's a gene. It's literally like a work of genius. And it's an awesome movie, mm -hmm. and that guy just like he directs Sci-Fi Channel movies. Like that's what he's done ever since, pretty much. He made the he made the second Highlander as well, I think, and that was it. There like, no more. It's like the sad because like that seriously like that guy you could have seen him like make could have been like John McTiernan, and getting sent to jail for things. 
Absolutely. I think they had a Highlander comic, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I colored some of that. Did you? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. It wasn't good. I mean, they, they tried to make the guy look like uh, Christopher, Christopher Lambert. Lambert, but yeah. Lambert. It was unreadable. So going back to James Bond, should they, should they try to capture someone's likeness? Because I know that's going to be like rights, or should would, they have them generic? Yeah, I would think they can't. White guy, the probably. Because yeah. the, the books. I, I've, the, I've seen... Yeah, um, it's just the Ian Fleming stuff. They, they, have, they did comic strips like in the 60s and 70s that Titan's book recently put out. And they're, they're like Roger Moore, don't they? They're, just, it's, they're kind of just generic spy dude. So and, like Roger Moore. Yeah. But, hey but here, here's interesting... In your face, Roger Moore. I hope Roger <laughs> Moore hears face. this. Yeah. <laughs> he's somewhere in his crime. Maybe he's in the audience. <laughs> in, I just get so much pleasure from the... Comics Fine podcast, and then they, they insulted me. In the, the James Bond strip, there was so much to, like topless scenes. Like women just like walk around topless. It's like you don't have that in the movies. I, like, I think like uh, uh, Garcia Lopez did a bunch of them, I think. Did, I don't, I don't remember that. Umbrella. I think so. But it's like, like Peter's like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm just walking down the beach. I don't have my top on, and I'll go in the car with you. It's, well, I, that's what I do. I guess. <laughs> that's what I heard. What, the topless part or getting topless women in your car? I mean, both. How else do you get topless women in your oh, car unless man. you go first? All right, what are your thoughts on uh, New Ghostbuster reboot? Is it New Ghostbusters reboot? Yeah, I guess it's announced it's going to be a reboot. All, all female cast. No, I think it's silly to a reboot. The female casting is cool, but there's no reason for a reboot. Like, there's no reason. Oh, there's no reason for a reboot. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Because it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why even bother with it? Is it's it going to be the Ghostbusters or the real Ghostbusters? It's Ghostbusters. Okay. Well, I guess the... Nancy, you're trying to trick me. What you doing? <laughs> Ghostbusters <laughs> had, the, had the giant gorilla. Yeah. No, it's the real Ghostbusters. Okay. Yeah. See, that, that messed me up, you, too. Brian. It's like, real Ghostbusters was animated, but then the fake Ghostbusters was real people. No, there was no, two no, cartoons. Ghostbusters was a show I know. in the 60s that yeah. was live action. They drove that car. They had the gorilla. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's bananas. And then, then there was... No, Tony. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do it. Little known fact, the library at the beginning is not, like, you see the outside is the New York library, but it's, in fact, the Los Angeles Public Library. On the inside? Yeah, on the inside, yeah, oh, in the card okay. room. It's still, my wife works there, so she took me. I got to see the card room. And That's how haunted oh, it was. Yeah. That it was in the wrong place. It was mm -hmm. across the country. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it seems like, because I know when they first announced it, I think it was yesterday, yeah. And then they're like, you know, maybe it'll be like after the fact, or you know, it could be in the same universe. But then they're like reboot. So I don't, I don't know. What do, what do you guys think about uh, Terminator stuff coming? Have you heard anything about that? What Terminator? They're, yeah. they're, they're talking about doing Terminator, and they're they're saying it'll probably be PG thirteen. But this, they're saying, I think it's going to be in the same universe, but it's going to take place. It's, I think they're going to do one of those time travel things. They're messing with time travel. Yeah, stuff. where they're going to go back and That's then weird things, for a Terminator movie. things shift. What's your face <laughs> from? Um, Game of Thrones is playing Sarah Connor, right? I don't Kelly even know. But yeah, then, right. yeah, she's playing. There's pictures of that online already. Mm -hmm. They've already been, they've been filming that for a long time. Yeah, but now they're saying it'll probably be PG-13. Whatever. Let's talk about comic books. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What's a comic book you liked recently that you loved that wasn't one of mine? <laughs> we can talk about my stuff if you want, but, you know. Uh, I don't know. Brian or Matt, what did you love recently? I haven't read anything this week, really. <laughs> like Batman. Um, I haven't read Batman yet. Witches is good. I like Witches. Witches is good. I like Punks. Punks was great. Hey. Did it. And he has a card game that he brought, right? Dude, we have a limited edition card game available at my table and it's at a the Punks card game. What's your table? Uh, Q something. No, I thir I13. I don't know. 
I'm also not in the program book because I got my table really late. It's very okay. confusing. Yeah. So it's like a treasure hunt to yeah. find yeah. you. Yeah. Secret find table it. where like the prize find is the, the card game. Cup. Yeah. I really like that new Thor comic. I like the, that one a bunch. Yeah. Which one? Thor number one. Oh yeah. Thor. Yeah. I would like there to be more female Thor in it than just on the cover. That's totally his mom, right? Like that's what that's what they were hitting at, right? Am I the only one that was thinking that? Yeah. That it's his mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she's all like, there will always be a Thor, and then at the end there's a female Thor. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that it's his mom. Right? It's like Friday, but with Thor. It's mom Thor? Oh my god, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's a part in the. If you guys haven't read this, it's, it's, it's really good. It's Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman. Yeah, spoilers. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like, halfway through the issue, there's this whole thing about how no one could pick up Thor's hammer and Thor is unworthy and everyone's, like, trying to pick it up. And uh, his mom is being, like, snarky through the whole scene at everybody. No, because she was ruling Asgard because Odin was sleeping and yeah. doing the Odin sleep again. And then he comes back, so he's like, oh, I'm going to rule. And then she's like, no, you're not because I'm doing it. Yeah, but then he's like, well, I'm going to be in charge. And then she has a scene where they, like, they zoom in on her and she's like, there will always be a Thor or something like mm. that, right? It's and like, at the ending, a woman like shows in, up and um, picks it up. In the Transformers movie, my favorite thing in the Transformers, the movie, the cartoon, is when uh, um, Ultra Magnus, when Ultra Magnus is, is taking the Matrix of Power from... Mm-hmm. Um, from Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime goes, one day there will be another who can take the matrix of power. And in the background of the scene, unanimated, sort of like this, it's Hot Rod. Just like in between them (laughs) as they say it. And you're like, oh, that new Transformer who has never existed but was just introduced in the first scene. I wonder what will happen. And voiced by Judd Nelson. That's right. Was he? Was he voiced by Judd Nelson? Yeah, yeah. Judd Nelson. Yeah. Oh, Judd Nelson, that poor guy. <laughs> I wrote a TV movie starring Judd Nelson. Really? Oh, Which one was that? I want to watch that. Movie. It was called Infected. It is terrible. It's actually not terrible. <laughs> it suffers from the worst fate of a sci-fi channel movie, which is it's like sort of okay. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, like you want it to be terrible. It does start. It also it's starts, not like Sharknado Isabella, level. It stars yeah. Isabella Rossellini um, in a part that was written for a man. And they did not rewrite it. It was never kept calling her he. No, they did, like it's really weird. Like they changed her name, but like she wears a suit the whole time, and she sort of has like very like mannish mannerisms. She goes to the urinal. <laughs> well, she's and the, the twist is that she turns out to be one of these uh, alien invaders who are infected. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> But what's what it's like the the pride of it because the movie is pretty terrible. But the the pride of it is that she took the money she made making that to make those weird insect sex videos that she made. What now? She made <laughs> videos where she dresses up like a giant insect and shows how the giant insects mate. It is a it's like so weird. And it's Did you clearly write that something that she was like, no one will ever pay for this. I will go be in a sci-fi channel movie and I will take the money to make them. Was it like her calling? You think? I think so. Like, That's what like she's always dreamed call? of doing. That's weird. Yeah. That is some fetish stuff right there, man. It's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. All right. All right. What What do you guys think about uh, when superheroes take on other characters like mantles? Like, are you pro? Like you mean like their fireplaces? Like the <laughs> yes. <of> fireplaces? <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like uh, Dick Grayson being Batman? Yeah, or like uh, Sam Wilson being Captain America. Spoilers. You who's who's that. what? What? Like Falcon is Captain America now. Yeah. No. So what do you guys think? It's, it's like, cool with me. I don't know. Who cares? Cool. So the, like the character's not cool enough before. Well, I'm pretty sure it's always permanent. So. Yeah. They'll yeah. never change it back. As ever. long as they don't kill Wolverine, I don't care what they do. Oh, Brian. <laughs> He's so not dead sorry. yet. <laughs> what? 
He's been Next dying. week's going to be rough for you. Yeah. <laughs> he's still not dead, though, right? Like, next week. I think that's going to take, like, three more months. I thought he died next week. He died like slowly. A, it's, like a, it's like an experiment to see, like how, like, how much tension can you build towards a thing that I told you about six months ago. Dude, they told about it a year ago. <laughs> yeah. like it's when, been a year. Because the solicits don't ruin it enough for us that we have to solicit what's happening in our stories. Like, what we want to do is we want to title the story the paper. Yeah. And we want to see if we can just keep running. Do you like think it's some, it's some geniusy thing where he doesn't die at the end? And he just, he just, no, he does. I, I and it's like an ironic death? I'm pretty sure he does because I wrote a thing about how he's dead. So that was weird. <laughs> I wrote like a one shot or something. I wrote like a short. Was it called? What was it called? I don't know. Like morning of Wolverine. Wolverine is dead? World with, I think it's World Without Wolverine. Oh my God, man. Thing. I could be wrong. I don't know. But it was I, fun. I got to write Nightcrawler and Colossus. Like I've never gotten to write... Oh, I guess I did write Mutants of the Roman Ultimate. But yeah, that was fun. But Wolverine, he, he lost it. They announced it at C2E2, I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was when we met the Comedy Cab guy. Where they, that's, that's when Wolverine lost his healing factor. And they're like, he's killable and he's not dead yet. Hmm. But you, got, you guys don't have a problem where like, a character is like, I'm going to be another character now. Yeah, if it's well written, why not? Because yeah. what, what if the other character was cool? It's like they're not cool enough that... What do you mean? They can come back. Like, they like, will come like, back. Like, like Falcon or Nightwing. <laughs> Tell it's us like, the answer you're looking yeah, for. Though. I'm just, just no. wondering what you guys think. And you're just <laughs> what like, do you hmm. want us to say? <laughs> I don't know. People do whatever they want. This is a story, man. There's a thing that happens. There's, no. like, there's, there's a thing that happens when you write those characters, which is like you Look how mad you're getting him. He's like over it now. He's like glasses are off, rubbing <laughs> his eyes. Sick. I have like the worst flu, and whoever sits here is so screwed. It's so funny. <laughs> no, like there's a thing that happens when you start writing these characters that you like learn that it doesn't like nothing you do matters. Like we can do whatever. Yeah. We can turn Superman into Superman Red and Blue, and it doesn't matter because he's gonna go back. That's what and people it's, say it's about Brian's. Like, there's I a, I had a, I had a professor who was a soap opera writer, and he told us this statistic when I said, like, well, why did you stop? And his reason was that because uh, soap opera writers have the highest incidence of suicide. Like, more because, than dentists? Yeah, man. Wow. Like, of professions, certainly of writers, and I think of, like, all professions. It's just of such a small, it's like, yeah. 50 people. So, like, there's 50 people, and there's, like, one suicide every year, which is astronomical, you know, ratings-wise, yeah. um, percentage-wise. And the reason is, is that you're constantly writing stuff that can't end. Like, everything you write, every, like, giant change you make just starts over. Like, we have the benefit of, like, that we love these characters from when we were kids, you Mm -hmm. know? Whereas, like, I think no matter how much you care about Luke and Laura, there's only so much you can care about Luke and Laura. And I believe Luke and Laura is still a thing, which is crazy, because that was a thing, like, 30 years ago. Are those actors even still alive? No, they, they recast them. What? Yeah, you can't recast them. actors. Yeah, that's, that's the thing weird. with uh, like Ghosted and Nailbiter. Those those two more than I think Birthright. But like I have a you know we have an ending planned, and like knowing there's an ending and trying to nail that ending, like it makes it so much more exciting than just like you're just kind of. Like you know. I'll never, yeah. Like we'll never. Like when you write your own stuff, you never have somebody say like, "Oh yeah, so now you need to take out this character because he's dead and use this character instead," mm-hmm. and you never have to like ruin your story. For someone else's story, you ruin your story by yourself, which is the best. And sometimes that never even happens, because yeah. they'll tell you like, "Don't do this because this might happen." And you're like, "All right, cool, cool, I won't do that," and then it never happens. Yeah. And you're just like, "What the hell? I could have done that. It would have yeah. been awesome." Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
It doesn't matter. I, no, like, I say it because, like, having been on panels with you, Tony, like, you're always sort of interested in our reactions to that stuff, and we never really have reactions to it. I'm just wondering, you, but you no, guys are just none like, of eh. us, None of us, I don't, like, I, I mean, I don't want to talk for Josh and, and Booch, but, like, I've never had a conversation with either of them about any of that. Like, I, like we talk, we all talk to each other all the time, yeah. and, like, we don't ever talk about the plots. Well, but I think part of it is that when you are on the other side of it, like, you know, once you see behind the curtain, it doesn't, it's not the same. Like, you know, like I know, you know, that nothing ever matters because the next month another book's got to come out. And so, you know, like, like you, you know, pointed out how my pet peeve is when people tell me a story I wrote doesn't matter. And my reply is, well, no stories matter. Like, it, it's, that's just the way it is, you know, like, like people have been trained. Well, the, the, the stories, like, look, nobody is like that Scott Snyder's Black Mirror, Scott Snyder and Jock's Black Mirror doesn't count because that's not really Batman. Because that thing is the best Batman comic that's been published since The Killing Joke. Like, that thing's amazing. You know? So, like, who cares? We don't, it's, it's the story is what saves it. Well, but that's the thing. Is, I mean, it, it does matter to the fans. And, and yeah, you know, things are going to get changed or, you know, returned back. It's does artificial, it? though. Like, it's, and it's also arbitrary. You know, like, people say, well, you know, they get mad when you kill somebody. They get mad when you change somebody's identity. They get mad when you make any change. But then if you write a story that doesn't have some crazy, wacky thing happen, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter, you could skip that one. Oh, they want things to count, and then if you don't make it count, it's, it, yeah, you're screwed either way. Because if you don't make it count, they're mad. If you make it count, you know, I remember when, when you know, Hal Jordan went bad, and that was Heat, right? Who went bad? Hal Jordan. Oh. When Hal Jordan was, 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 was a bad guy. Green Lantern. He? he killed, like, everybody, didn't he? Yeah, he killed the Green Lanterns in, like, 93 Porch. or whatever, right? And Porch. so. Porch. So he does all this like horrible stuff, and fans freaked out. They made him evil, and so they formed an organization called Heat, led by Alex Ross. Strangely, what? It was Alex Ross. Oh my god, let's Very talk about that later. It anyway, was Alex Ross. so they formed this organization called Heat that was all about getting Hal Jordan back, and this goes on for like what, twenty years, something like that, or fifteen years. And their whole thing is they're they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting and trying to like get this fictional character back and part of this big story. And at the end, Hal Jordan, so they took Hal Jordan away. I always use an example of, like, they took Hal Jordan away from you for, like, $2. They took him away, and they made you pay $2 for it, right? And then you fought, you fought, you fought, you fought. And then you finally get Hal Jordan back, but you paid 10 to get him back. And then you're like, and we won! And DC's like, yeah, 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 you won. And they're counting that money, you know? And you're like, yes, we got Hal Jordan back. But it's like, you didn't really do anything, you know? Like, you're just part of this how system. Did, how, so why how are you so upset How are people it? taking... Um, I haven't really seen the reaction to the new Wally West. Well, we're out of time. We are? Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It doesn't like matter. We are out of time. hard question. Though. He's like, I'm done. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'll, we could talk later. We'll have our own podcast. No, uh, no I'm done panel. talking to you. You're rude. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank, thank you, everyone, except for Brian, for being up here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Thank you guys for coming. You can applaud now. Yeah. 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 Yes. So, so my, question my question is, is who could it be? We don't, we don't know. know. And I would like to ask you which comic book does affect you most emotionally. Yep. Yeah. That's the question. Don't shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two. <laughs>